Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You weren't pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 27th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Framber Valdez, 3.2 innings, 600 runs yesterday. It was terrible. I don't know why he's not throwing his cutter. That's like the best thing that I've really got excited about with Framber Valdez. He didn't throw a single one. Has a 23% swing strike rate. 33% CSW on the year. Why are you not doing that? I don't know. He went heavy on changeups instead. The whole thing makes no sense to me. And uh, I'm really frustrated by it. I know it was still the the Rangers, but still he's a lefty. I don't know. It makes no sense. It's his fourth straight start of at least four and runs. So he gets uh, fourth out of five, I should say. So he gets the ace is going to ace label removed. I understand they had the ankle stuff and the calf thing. And this should have been kind of him getting back on track and he's not there. I don't think that he's bad. I think he's going to be really good the rest of the year. It's just does not deserve the aces going to easily because we don't assume it right now. Freddy Peralta is looking like that, though. Six innings, zero runs, four hits, zero walks in, 13 strikeouts for a golden goal, 24 whiffs and 43% CSW. As his fastball and slider and curve just completely obliterated the Reds. Uh, Four-seamer was stupid good. 71% CSW on his seven curveballs, 45% each CSW on the slider and four-seamer. I mean, this is it. This is the guy I've been saying, like, it's there. Why aren't you doing it? And then he did it. So hopefully just do it again. I mean, it was the Reds in Milwaukee, which is different than on the road. So do want to mention that, but still, that's amazing. Peter Lambert, amazing start. Super weird. Birthday party uh, on the Rockies in the Nash uh, in Washington, D.C. Just two strikeouts and six innings, zero and runs, three hits, one walk. Like, not believable, but hey, good just good stuff, buddy. Gavin Williams, I gave myself a streaming victory. I don't know if I should have, but I feel like this was still helpful for you, even though it was only four innings with 87 pitches. Zero earned runs, though. Uh, 1.25 whip with five base runners, five strikeouts. I feel like if you streamed him, you didn't get a win, but you did. it did help you, right? You got your five strikeouts. You got zero earned runs. You got a four innings of zero ERA. And like The whip is fine at 125 and not much that highly expressed at it. So I gave myself that, but don't love it. I mean, he really, he has a fajita foundation. It's just the secondaries are just not consistent enough right now, and that's it. Like, once those get going, then everything is good. He had 15 whiffs in this, um, but it prevented him from being efficient, uh, and that's really the biggest deal there. Sorry for stifling that cough. Uh, Ryan Walker against the Athletics. Both of these were bullpen games, and like they decided beforehand, like, yeah, we're doing a bullpen game. That's great. Yeah, that means that Hogan Harris, who we expected to start out, did not do it. He just didn't start outright like we expected, and it was very annoying. He didn't do much. It was 3.1 innings of 5.51 pitches, and it's just frustrating. I remember, actually, that was Freddie Tarnock who opened for that. I was talking to some scouts in uh, spring training about kind of the Jared Schuster deal and how that was more in- that was really interesting with Sean Murphy. I was really excited about that. They're like, well, we like Tarnock more, um, and these were uh, Atlanta guys. So maybe follow that, but I mean... I didn't really say anything in this that made me think like, oh, Tarnock is going to be the next thing. So uh, I'm not really excited about him. And uh, we'll just kind of wait and see how that develops for next year, I guess. Sandy Alcantara is amazing again. Well, I don't know if I, that's necessarily true, but that was so good to watch yesterday. I watched all of it. Nine innings, one run, five hits, one walk, and seven Ks against the Rays. Uh, it was so good. He was even hitting 99.9. I, I said 100. Guys, 1.1. Sorry. 
one tick off of 100. But uh, he was doing that at the end of the game. Uh, 97 pitches to go, all nine innings, because he throws those four seamers and sinkers so well inside. His changeup was so filthy, arm side and down. Slider was really good, seven whiffs on that one in this one. This is it. This is the guy. And yeah, there are times that the fastball still allows hits. There were The one earned run he had um, was really a single that turned into a double because the left fielder dove and he shouldn't have. And so then the, the outfielder backed him up and there was a double. And then the next batter hit a ground ball to where the second baseman normally would be. And I guess he was shifted poorly. And that went into right field for a single. And there's your there's your run. And that watching that was just like, oh, I saw the ground ball. I was like, this is an out. Oh, there's no one there. So very frustrating to see that. Uh, it kind of made me think of like, oh, if he only had a single, would the second baseman be there for a double play? Which means then that would have been a double play pitch and no earned runs. But then the outfielder dove. No, nah, not really. They shifted against that batter and that wouldn't have been a hit anyway. My point is... Sandy Alcantara is doing pretty much everything that you want him to do. He looks like the guy that won the Cy Young last year. We've also seen him have a game like this, and then the next one be like 600 runs. So I'm not going to say that he's completely locked in. Um, We've also seen him in the starts that we've seen where he allows like 400 runs. He does this for most of the game, and then it's one inning where it falls apart, either like the first or second or something. So I, I can't really say that Sandy Alcantara is fixed right now, but this is great. This is why I've been like so high on him is because I know he can do this and just kind of win your week almost with it. I mean, that's an insane start, especially for points leagues. Yoan uh, Aviedo against the Padres. Six innings, one earned run, three hits, three walks, and five strikeouts. 38% four-seamers have returned 41% strikes, and yet this was so good. I don't... That makes no sense to me. Like, this is really, really weird. Sure, the slider was good, but like... uh. Anyway, um, I uh, yeah, I'm not interested in chasing Aviedo with like too much of a volatile uh, four seamer. You say Kikuchi against the Dodgers, very impressive. I'm very much in now. Uh, six innings, one earned run, seven hits, two walks, and eight Ks against the Dodgers. Got the win. Sixteen whiffs, thirty-two percent CSW. Was able to go 103 pitches. Sure, the whip was poor. He hung too many sliders, I think, in the upper half of the zone. But he put batters away with four seamers in the upper half. The new curveball is very good. It's slower and more movement, and he's throwing it better. Um, I'm very much in on this uh, with Yusei Kikuchi. I would be rostering him everywhere and holding. Uh, Carlos Rodon against the Mets uh, did better. And it's really funny, actually, after this, I was just so curious. How did Yankee fans respond after they were just completely saying, like, oh, my gosh, we have him for five years now after the last start and blah, 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 blah. Um, they're much kinder because he went five-point innings of one earned run and in a win. And all of a sudden, it just kind of changes. Guys, he's still really, really good. And this was um, four hits, three walks, and only four Ks. And I'm not going to say that this was all of a sudden like, oh, here he is. No. Three walks and four Ks, right? And uh, the slider did get seven over 26 whiffs. It was good uh, fastball slider separation. But the fastballs at the top of the zone were not overpowering enough. They uh, they were fouled off too much. And the put-away rate is not quite there in the four-seamer right now. So that is the thing I'm looking at moving forward for Carlos Rodon. He's got to get over that last hump of like those two strike counts becoming strikeouts and not walks um, into 3-2 and stuff or like losing a guy at like 3-1 or something like that and I mean losing a guy 3-1 you know what I mean uh, so I think he'll get there with it I think over time he's going to have more and more faith in that fastball and like have more faith really in his shoulder and his body as he makes that better uh, I don't think it's like he's now hurt and not going to be able to get back up to like those 96-97 mile per hour starts I think it's more of a matter of time as opposed to well, now he's just worse, and 
going to only have lower velocity in future seasons. I don't believe that. All right, we have a lot of other pitchers to talk about, Seth Lugo and Strider and Quintana. I'm going to talk about all of those, and of course, today and tomorrow's starters after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Seth Lugo against the Pirates did exactly what you want to do. It's very exciting. It's great. Seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts, three hits, and zero walks. And now he gets cores in the Dodgers. And it's so annoying. Like, do you hold on to that? I don't want to start him against either one. I know it's the Dodgers, and like maybe that could work because Seth Luga is that good, but it's just ugh. He's he's really just treat him like a Holly. Like, you don't start Hollies against lead offenses in those early offenses. Also, I think the Dodgers are gonna get better offensively in some fashion at the deadline. They always do. So that's gonna be not fun. And uh that stinks because now we gotta wait like three weeks for Seth Lugo to start again. Um, but I think you gotta hold on to it. It's annoying. Ben Lively against the Brewers. The slider went 1 for 20 whiffs. And I know it was 6.2 innings of 2 and runs, 8 hits, 0 walks, and 3 Ks, though. And I'm not think, I'm not seeing anything from Ben Lively that makes me think, like, oh, yeah, no, I, I need to add him and stream him. Spencer Strider, 6.1 innings of 2 and runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, and 10 strikeouts. He's one strikeout away from breaking his own record last year of fastest to 200 strikeouts in a season innings-wise. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the, uh, he's obviously SP number one. As far as the Cy Young goes, I don't think he's going to win it. At least he shouldn't in my book because he has a 3 7 one ERA. And I'm very much about like ERA and innings pitched. And I love all the underlying metrics about like his process. And I think he is the best pitcher in the NL, but I don't think the Cy Young is the thing about the best pitcher in the NL. I think it's about the, uh, the pitcher who did the best for their team this year. And that's ERA, unfortunately, which has a lot of factors in, involved in it, but Spencer Strider, to me, isn't the Cy Young because of that, and that's just another conversation for another time. Jose Quintana against the Yankees. Six innings, two hundred runs, six hits, three walks, and five Ks. I'm in on Quintana right now because the command is there. Uh, Four-seamers are upstairs, absolutely. Sinkers are arm side. Change-ups and, and uh, curveballs are spread out down. He's in against the... Sorry, he's going against the Royals next, and like that is just... Yep, this is how you do it. Brian Bayo against Atlanta. Six innings, three earned runs, four hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. Uh, good to see him come through for a poor quality start against Atlanta and a one whip. I'm fine with this. If you took the chance on Bayo, like it could be a, could have been a lot worse. At least you got a one whip and four Ks and really just one earned run off from what you want. Uh, he started throwing cutters, which was a thing on Twitter. I saw people were getting a little excited about that, which it could be a big thing for Bayo, only through four of them though. It was an 80% strike rate, and I do like the idea that Bayo is a sinker and changeup guy, and the slider really hasn't developed further. So sometimes it is easier, and this is what I think um uh, Jack was saying inside of the uh the, the PL Discord, which is great, that uh you it's easier to learn to get a new pitch than to tweak a current one, especially in season. So adding a, a cutter um that seemed like it was very good. 
could be the thing that takes over for the slider and then all of a sudden he's more of a three pitch guy that we like as opposed to the forcing where we don't really love and the slider we don't really love. So monitor that one. Uh, I mean, we're not going to really change anything about our Bayo assessment now, but if he is incorporating that cutter, I would be raising up the li- him up the list because that could be a real big difference maker, kind of like how Braxton Garrett added that for a bit. I mean, he did not uh, sustain it, but we'll talk about that later. Jack Flaherty against Arizona did fine. I didn't really say anything that made me say like, oh no, now he's terrible. I mean, he, sure, he threw 92 and threw some hittable pitches over the zone. But you were kind of in purgatory of like, you're not so detrimental, Jack Flaherty, and you can be somewhat productive. But uh, I think he's a Toby kind of right now, Jack Flaherty. Uh, Andrew Heaney against the Astros. We didn't expect anything. At least he got a win. Uh, five innings, 300 runs, four hits, three walks, three Ks. But uh, yeah, we don't really like what he's doing. And he kept his head above water. And I have no confidence in him moving forward. Ranger Suarez against the Orioles actually did have much better command. Uh, it was six innings, four and runs, seven hits, one walk, and six Ks. 32% CSW, 13 whiffs here, and it is possible that he's actually taking the steps forward toward being that second half darling that we've seen from him in the past. Uh, the changeup was uh, really good down in a way. The cutter and uh, cutter was inside uh, to righties, which was good. Uh, it, it's it's almost there, and he does get the Marlins next, which might be the start where he does unlock. But I kind of wanted just to see it first. I feel like it's too risky at the moment uh, with Ranger Suarez, as it could just be another bad ratio start like this. Uh, Jake Irvin against the Rockies and Rocky Road. 7Ks is cool. 41% CSW on the pitch with his fastball up to 95, but it was four earned runs and eight base runners in six innings against the Rockies, and you just can't do that. He needs a slider. And if Jake Irvin in the offseason or at some point introduces a slider that actually is effective and gets strikes and maybe gets some whiffs, like I just need like an an average-ish to slightly above average slider, then Jake Irvin actually can be something. Uh... Joe Ryan against the Mariners, very disappointing. 3.2 innings of four and runs, seven hits, two walks, seven Ks. Really good pitch separation. I actually think like the splitter is well commanded, but it's just not that good of a splitter. I think that's really it. And the sweeper had good CSW, but I think like it's not that pitch that really keeps guys honest. And uh, he allowed some home runs. And it's just Joe Ryan isn't doing enough. Like the four seamer needs to be truly, truly elite for him to get by with what he has in his secondaries right now. And that's really the issue I see. Um, is why he doesn't have an ace is going to ace label anymore. I think he can absolutely get back there, um, but it's it's frustrating right now as a Joe Ryan manager. Uh, Alec Marsh does not have a good fastball, and uh, we had a good 11 strikeout game, but now here he is against the, the Guardians, four innings, sorry, 2.2 innings of four and runs and nine base runners, and yeah, no thanks. Three Ks. Uh, Kyle Bradish against the Phillies was very disappointing. 6.2 innings, five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, three Ks. I've seen so much about like Kyle Bradish needs to go up. Kyle Bradish, Kyle Bradish. Um, this is what happens when the slider is an elite. It was a 20% CSW pitch. And I, I say this often of like when you are a slider focused guy, and he is a very, very good slider. It then becomes the next pitches. What are those? And the curveball was good, but it wasn't good enough. The four seamer was his most thrown pitch, which is not what you want because I don't like that four seamer, which means that, oh no, it had balls in play. So I, 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 I want to see better command from Bradish here across the board. And he gets the Toronto next and oh, don't do this. Um, it did feel like a Vargas rule a little bit, so I'm going to have him in questionable start there. Zach Gallen, I've been saying this is weird, and it's still weird. And he got the loss against the Cardinals. 6.1 innings of five earned runs, seven hits, two walks, and eight Ks. Ah, He's going elevated four-seamers more often. I don't like this. I, I really don't think that that is how Gallen works. I think it's changes and curveballs down under the zone at like an 80% low lock. Then you have four-seamers that are downstairs as well getting called strikes. I mean, I like the occasional high heater as like a surprise to strike pitch, 
but I don't think that's where he should be living. I think it's very strange right now. Um, but we still just keep starting Zach Gallen. But this is why you see that kind of result of those bad ratios because he doesn't have, I think, an approach that is getting the most out of what he does best, if that makes sense. It's not really sustainable and consistent. And it's frustrating to see that from Gallen. Tony Gonsolin against the Jays. It's the Jays. He's a Toby. Don't overthink this. He gets athletics next. Great. Uh, he didn't do well. Who cares? Zach Eflin has knee discomfort. He's getting an MRI today, which... Oh, no! Obviously, like, we've seen a track record of injuries for Zach Eflin, but, I mean, this has been such a good run. We kind of forgot about that. At least I did. I didn't really care also. At the end of July right now with two months left, like, injury track record to me is not nearly significant because there's less time to get injured. Um, you have uh, the Marlins here, four innings of five earned runs, seven hits, one walk, three Ks. Very disappointing. I just feel, I just hope he's okay, and at least he gave Sandy a win because of that. So there's some positivity. All right. Uh, hopefully, Atflin is good enough to pitch next time. And we saw some knees of discomfort from Bobby Miller, and he was fine, right? So hopefully he's okay. Bryce Miller against the Twins got a win, but it was 5.2 innings of 600 runs as he allowed four home runs, all solo shots, and then two runners were on base, and those were uh, inherited by the reliever who then... Uh, let them up with two outs, of course, in the sixth. Come on, Matt Brash, you're still ruining me. Uh, six in, six hundred runs, eight hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. I still love him. I love the four-seamer. But yeah, the secondaries are the problem, and it does open the door for some things like this where guys really are able to sell out on the fastball. Uh, Lance Lynn against the Cubs, 4.2 innings, seven hundred runs, seven hits, two walks, five Ks. Don't chase it anymore. I mean, this really was like the start. Be like, no, maybe one more time. And now you're like, okay, fine, Nick. Um, he might be pitching for a different team next week, so very curious about that, but I don't think he's going to get fixed unless it's like a very specific team. We'll see. Maybe he's an Astro. Marcus Stroman against the White Sox, 3.1 innings of seven earned runs, nine hits, two walks, and four Ks. Very disappointing as well. Honestly, I think like he just didn't go his way. A lot of the hits he allowed, you can see a lot of sinkers in the middle of the zone. You think, oh, well, clearly that's the problem. No, the hits he allowed were around the edges. It's just kind of what happens. Uh, Stroman has had a very low batting average allowed on his sinker thus far. It was usually about like 300s. It's been like 350 this year. And I think that's because of the infield defense and his general very good ability to um, get that O-swing down on sinkers. Uh, it's been a little bit off lately, but I don't think like Stroman is now destined. Just kind of like I was talking with Logan Gilbert. He's not destined to be that guy for the entire season. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow, streamers. Uh, today is very interesting because we only have four games, but now we have five because of the rain out yesterday with the Angels. And because the Angels acquired Lucas Giolito, um, they are now going to go Otani and Patrick Sandoval today, which means no Chase Silseth, who we were supposed to stream yesterday, didn't get it. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it's all annoying. No Chase Silseth, which stinks because I really like this against the Tigers. They're like, I didn't expect us to have Chase Silseth. And then he shows up, and they're like, no, he's going to start, and then he doesn't. And it's just like, why Why did you put him on the docket anyway? Whatever. Otani, Justin Steele, Dylan Cease, Kodai Senga, the top tier. Obviously, Tanner Bybee's in the second one um, against the White Sox. And Patrick Sandoval, Matt, Michael Lorenzen, and Matt Manning um, are in that questionable one. It's just really moving Sandoval and Lorenzen into where they were yesterday. And then Miles Michaelis and Josiah Gray do not start. I think this is all very clear. I like Lorenzen over Manning just because Lorenzen has come through while Manning is, like, weird. Um, it's been more consistent, I think, with Lorenzen over the season. But uh, the Angels are a top three WRC Plus team, so I would not start any of those guys. And I have to take Manning as my stream pick of the day, which I don't like. I don't want to do that. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow's games. Uh, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Kevin Gosman, Max Scherzer. Ace is going to ace. You start them. Um, Zach Wheeler against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Duh. There was some actually real fun 
today inside the stream as because we're on playback.tv now, I can bring you guys from chat onto the live stream and I can actually talk to you directly and you can say like, like Nick, I think that Joe Musgrove, um, or actually Logan Webb should be underneath Joe Musgrove instead of doing Logan Webb versus Boston, Sonny Gray against the Royals and Joe Musgrove under Texas, against Texas. And I understand that. And it was a fun conversation, and that's the kind of cool thing we can do now on playback.tv slash pitcherlist. Come by 10 to 12, sometimes it's really like 1230 um, in the morning, Eastern time. It's my office hours is where I answer all, all, all questions that you throw at me. So that's how I make myself accessible to you guys now. If you want any help with your fantasy teams, it's the best time. Um, but I'm going to go with Logan Webb because he's just been so good uh, for the past pretty much two months. And uh, I know he was... Didn't go through a good start last time, and Boston is hot right now, but it's not in Fenway. It's in San Francisco. I'm for that. Sonny Gray is innately volatile, I think, against the Royals. And Joe Musgrove was a little weird last time with his secondaries. It's been kind of a story of figuring those out, and it's Texas who's really good. Um, I'm a little bit more worried about that one. Um, Logan Gilbert's also here against the Diamondbacks, and please get the four-seamers back. Please get these splitters back. Like It's just so frustrating. I really hope that you can do it. You should be able to do it. Um, and actually I didn't talk about before with, with Stroman, it's the same idea, Logan Gilbert and him where they are in this weird valley and it's not all of a sudden like that's who they are for the rest of the year. Now, no, these are guys with track records that are going to go through that and then they're going to be fixed. They're not just all of a sudden like not anything else that they've ever been. As Chris Towers would say, history did not begin, uh, six or four starts ago for these guys, right? Okay. Probable start here is Bobby Miller against the Reds. I really like that one. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Cubs. Grayson Rodriguez against the Yankees. Hopefully he gets those change-ups down again. Lucas Giolito is now on the Angels, and I actually do think that with a trade like this, adrenaline will be higher, so that means we'll see the higher velocity, I think, from Lucas Giolito against Toronto, so I'm going to go for it. Um, but I understand if you want to wait one start for this one. And same with Mitch Keller against the Phillies. I went back and forth on this, and I was like, you know what? Mitch Keller, you've done so well for so long. Like, I just want to try one more time against the Phillies, and the Phillies are a weird offense. But also, like, that could just not go well for you. And uh, if you really want to put him in questionable start right now, I totally understand. Mitch Keller could just be not startable the rest of the year. So I totally get that. I think that's by your situation. If you're chasing quality start, I think you got to do it. If you're not, I think you can probably bench him. Uh, questionable start tier, it's Christian Javier against the Rays. The Rays haven't been as hot, but Christian Javier, his slider strike rate, I think, is everything. We can actually track, like, his last 11 strikeout game. That was when strikes were 60% plus for the slider. Hasn't been since. And you saw the trend, even though he had like one or run games or so, it was like five or three strikeouts and it was low, low slider strikes. So, yeah, that is uh, that is still a problem for him. And until he gets that back, I don't really think that Chris Driver is going to be the guy. But I hope at some point he does get that tweak and the Rays are not as scary as it used to be. Mackenzie Gore and Brady Singer are very clear cherry bombs. So there they are at 16 and 17. Cutter Crawford versus Reese Olsen as a stream pick of the day is very difficult. And I went with Cutter Crawford because it's inside of San Francisco, and San Francisco has been way worse than the Marlins are. Um, Reese Olsen also hasn't had his changeup, which is annoying. And uh, so I'm going to go with Crawford, even though he hasn't really gotten the slider sweeper that I've wanted him to. And the bottom of the question is, questionable start here is Braxton Garrett against the Tigers. This is contentious because I think a lot of people still want to try Braxton Garrett, but it's been four starts of having no command. And I'm sure it could just come back. Absolutely. You don't start, you know, they don't tell you when the struggling is going to stop. Uh, it has to start with a good start, right? I don't want to go for it because I I think we're in a situation where we just wait for Braxton Garrett to get it back and then we sign up again, right? You don't need to uh, be big-brained about it again, is what I'm trying to say. He's had great matchups and hasn't come through. So 
Braxton Garrett, to me, get your cutter and sinker command back in order. And also, the slider has not been as elite as it has been in the past. In the do not start tier, you have J.P. Sears in cores. You have Nova Syndergaard for his new team uh, with the Guardians against the White Sox. It seems like a good matchup, but it's Nova Syndergaard. And for Sears, it just thinks that it's cores. Adrian Hauser just did 10 strikeouts against Atlanta, which is shocking, to say the least. And uh, now he's going to do 10 strikeouts again? No. I don't think so. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't want to start him against Atlanta. In Atlanta, Tommy Henry against the Mariners. No, thank you. You don't have your slider. Dane Dunning has had a ridiculous ERA this year. And then we know that it's been a tease, uh, uh, the end of an ERA. Um, so, or the end of an era. That is an old, old pitcherless term. Um, but we know that that's not going to last. And he gets the Padres. And I just don't want to do it. Yanni Chirinos is going to go as long as he can, really. Atlanta's going to just probably let him go as long as he wants. But... That doesn't mean it's going to be good. Um, Brandon Williamson is actually kind of interesting. He's throwing harder these days, and he needs to have his peak command here to come through because he gets the Dodgers, and I just don't feel like it's worth it. Also, it's not really high strikeout play at all. Tuki Dusant is not worth your time. Neither is Juice Smiley as long as the curveball is not low. And Kyle Freeland is in uh, cores against the Athletics, but it's also still ill situation, so absolutely not. All right, that is it for today. Thanks for uh, listening once again. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you go to playback.tv. Follow the channel. Uh, we have the trade deadline special with Paul Spore on playback.tv slash pitchless starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. It is so much fun. Really, I enjoy it so, so, so much. You should be there. Uh, go hang out with us. And we can bring you on stage to react to your team's trades live. Uh, it is going to be the best time. So show up 3 p.m. Eastern time to playback.tv slash pitcherlist. I obviously stream every single weekday morning um, from 10 to about 12.30 these days. So check me out there. It's all Eastern time. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. Give me your baps below and your strikeouts high.